have your Bibles, go with me to 1 Peter. I'm sorry, 2 Peter. We're going to look at 2 Peter chapter 1. We're still talking about the art of uh, being alone with God. Uh, there, there, I, I just got to say this. In the back, I was looking at um, Pastor Michael Smith in Atlanta, and uh, he's, he's ministering a message right now on uh, why we should go to church. And man, I tell you what, you got to make sure you catch that. Uh, he's, he was only halfway through it when I came out. Uh, but right now, he, he was just talking about uh, why people don't go to church sometimes. And he was specifically talking about church hurt. And uh, man, he's ministering some things I think that a lot of people uh, need to hear because most of us in the room have gone to church or gone to church somewhere. Um, and you just have this kind of time right now where a lot of us have bounced around different churches and different things have happened to us. And uh, many of us still need healing from things that have happened in the past. Amen. And we come into new churches like this church, um, and we still have some of that same pain and some of that same weight upon us. And so the moment something happens, we start having flashbacks. Flashbacks. Amen. <laughs> uh, and some of you guys have PTSD as it relates to church. I mean, we're joking about it, but some people really do. And the minute, minute, the minute somebody's human in church, it freaks you out. You know, but I love something he said. He said, you know, um, church is full of people. And I always used to say, God is perfect, church is not. Because church is full of people. And it's not, that's not excusing any bad behavior or anything like that. Um, but you have to understand, even as pastors, let's take Melissa and I, Pastor Melissa and I. We are congregants just like you who were called out of the congregation to lead. Amen? But we're humans. We're people just like you. We're flawed just like you are. Amen? So, you know, uh, we, we've literally uh, experienced stuff, and I won't stand this too long, but we've experienced stuff where uh, people say, you know, I left the church because, you know, y'all walked past me one day in the hallway and didn't say hi. And I was like, whoa, you know. And then for a quick second, you know, I had got, you know, uh, and I don't know if Melissa had the same issue, but I got in bondage for a second trying to say hi to everybody I saw. <laughs> I'm for real. It, it was crazy. It was, hey, 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 hey. And it was ridiculous. And it was just like, this is nuts. I mean, this who who does that? You know what I'm saying? But that's what people, you know, will, will think, and they'll that because of insecurities and things going on with them, they'll 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 get they'll get upset if they don't get whatever they're trying to get. And and it actually ties into what we're talking about. You're supposed to get all that from God. Your security the love that you need, the attention that you need, the, 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 the purpose that you get uh, or, tr or, or trying to get from a person, you're supposed to get all that from the Heavenly Father. Amen. And see, and if we can learn how to have a relationship with Him, we'll be drawn to Him, and then when we get into the house of God, Amen. we won't try to look for that from a man or from a woman. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I mean, this is the house of God. What, what, what should be attracting you here is the word and the vision. What, what are we supposed to be doing as a body? You know, our goal is to teach the word of God. We're trying to get at least 10 churches going here in the state of Texas so that this gospel of grace can be preached all over this nation and all over this world. So you should find yourself knitted to this gospel of grace and then say, wow, I feel like that's important to me too to get this word out to everybody else. And then you can become connected to that, regardless of the man or the woman. And I'm not saying we don't get to the point where we, you got to kind of like each other too, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and God, I mean, that, I, I can't lie, that, that is important in ministry. Um, so 
uh, but you don't become caught up in that. That doesn't, that's not why you're here. That's not what feeds you. Uh, but for a lot of us, man, we were just, you know, we were hurt and we got that PTSD going on. We got to allow God to heal us from that. And I'm going to tell you the number one way, and he'll probably most likely eventually get to this and say this, but the number one way is relationship with God. I don't care if it's your marriage. I don't care if it's dealing with uh, your church. Any relationship that you have must be secondary to your relationship with God. Because it is, your relation, it is your relationship with God that will give you all you need and that will make you whole. We're talking about it in our marriage series that's going on right now in the midweek sessions that husbands are trying to get what they need from God out of their wives. Wives are trying to get what they should be getting from God out of their husbands. He, he's not called to do that, honey. He, he's not going to ever be able to, do, to fulfill all of that. But no, that's not what they told me. They told me that, that he was supposed to be my knight in shining armor and he was supposed to, you know, be there for me all the time. And da, da, da. well, how did that work out? He's, he's a human. She's a human. And I'm not excusing bad behavior. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm saying you can't put pressure on something to get something out of it that's just not there. She's not your savior. He's not your savior. You have a savior. His name is Jesus. Amen. And as you get to know him, then all of a sudden you walk into this relationship already full and overflowing. And now what you can do is you can allow, I'm way ahead of myself, but this is, I guess this is for somebody will pick up in another spot. But now what you can do is that love that's been on the inside of you is now shed abroad in your heart because you've been spending time with God. And guess what you can do for that other person in a relationship? You radiate that love to them. And guess what happens when we start radiating love to one another? Guess what happens in the church, in the body of Christ, when you come here already full? And then all I'm doing is filling up your full even more. That just gives you that much more to go out and spill on everybody else. What happens when you come home uh, and, and in the marriage, the husband's still full and the wife's still full because they got so much on the inside of them. They went out into the world that day and they shared, but because they have such a relationship with the Lord, they're constantly being filled up and they never run out for each other. They never run out for the children. And so now the children are full and they're overflowing. And now in that community, you're overflowing in that entire community. And all of a sudden now you're seeing change, true change takes place because people have a relationship with the Father and they're overflowing with the love of God. That's what God intended. That's what we're going after. Amen? Amen. So whoever that was for, take that. God did that just for you. Amen? Amen. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And uh, we'll look at this in the... Uh, King James first, and then we'll uh, skip over to the uh, Amplified. Uh, it says, according as his divine power hath given us, uh, given unto us, see, that's why I put these on, uh, all things that pertain unto what? Life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So according to his divine power, he hath given us, uh, given unto us how many things? all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Did you know that not only do you have all you need from God, but God has given you promises. Now, unlike man, God never breaks a promise. God always fulfills his promises. 
Say, I have promises from on high. Uh, that by these, the, that by these promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. God has given us all we need, but it's by knowing him. It's by knowing him. It's no different if I said I had an inheritance for you and there is $50 million waiting for you, but you don't know that's there until you hear it from me. You don't know that's there until you spend some time with me. You don't know that's there until you get to know me. Before that, you were going on about your life. You had no idea who I was, and you, therefore you had no idea what was available to you. If you do not know who he is, you won't know what's available to you. If you do not know who he is, you'll never get what he has for you. Grace has prepared and provided all you need. Amen. Why? Why did God do that? Well, read John 3, 16. He did it because he simply loves you. Yeah. But just because it's prepared and provided doesn't mean you'll be partakers. Think about that. People have been asking that question for, for most of their Christian life. Why don't I have what God has for me? Or you look at other people and they're good people and you're like, why are they struggling with this? Or, or why is there sickness? Or, or why is there uh, poverty? Or, or what's going on? Just because God has provided all this goodness for us doesn't mean we automatically partake in it. It's yours. Say it's mine. It's mine. But like that example, the only way you'll actually partake of it is by getting to know the provider of it. I got to get to know God. And as I get to know God, I'll first of all know what's available. Oh, you promised me health? You promised me healing, wholeness, prosperity, peace, grace, nothing missing, lacking, or broken? Uh, go to same, same chapter, uh, go to verse uh, 2. Verse 2. Look at these first words. Uh, no, it's, uh, same, uh, one, chapter one, verse two. I want y'all to see this. Read those first three words. Now check this out. Grace, God's favor, unearned. Unmerited. You don't deserve it and you didn't earn it, but it's yours. And peace, wholeness, nothing missing, lacking, or broken. All this good stuff, first of all, I need you to see that one, two, three, fifth word. He said be multiplied. You can only multiply when something's already there. So you got grace and peace if you got Jesus. But he said you could have a greater measure of it. He said it could be actually multiplied unto you. How? Through the knowledge of God. I got favor, I got shalom, but I can have more. Lord, I want more of you. Get to know me. Lord, I want to spend, I mean, I'm, I'm, I want more of your anointing. I want more. Get to know me. How do I get to know him? Spend time with him. 
I was talking to somebody today, and we were talking about this very practically. And he was saying, you know, how do I, how do I get to know God? I know you're saying get to know God by reading more of my word and spending more time with my Bible. He was like, but how do I practically do that? If that's you and you have that question in this place, let me just tell you how I do it. What I first of all do is I go to God just in prayer. I, I just go talk to him. Amen. Not, not, not a petition prayer. Don't understand what I'm saying. I just go and say, good morning, dad. Can we talk yes. for a minute? Lord, I want to praise you. No, I'm just playing. Um, some of y'all get the Tevin Campbell thing. Some of y'all get it later. Uh, <laughs> but literally, I just go to him and I just say, Lord, I just want to talk. Good morning. And he'll just say, he'll just start talking to me. God just wants relationship with you. And then as he begins to talk to me, he begins to share with me things that are going on in my life or things that are to come or things that are happening. And as I get topics and subjects from him that we're working on or that he's encouraging me on, then I go to the word to further hear from him on that specific thing. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with topical studies in the Bible, you know, just open the Bible up and you pick an area and you read it. That, that's nothing wrong with that, but there's a deeper that God has for you and it starts with his voice. Amen. I mean, it's, it's good. His word is him. So hear what I'm saying. But there is more of him to be had. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? It's like if I wrote a book and it was everything from me about me, but then you still got me. And to just read the book from me about me, which is me, but I'm standing right in front of you. How many of you guys know I can give you a deeper interpretation and a deeper understanding of what it is you're reading. So talk to me first and then go and read what we talked about. Because what, what you're going to read is just going to further set in stone what it is I said. You can read what's in the book and you can get so much, but it won't be as deep as you just spending time with me. And as you know him, the grace and peace you have will be multiplied. Let me show you uh, this in Matthew 6, 6. Jesus was talking here and he was practically talking about a way of getting to know God. He said, but thou, who is that? Who is he talking about when he says, but thou? Yeah, yeah, just we want to be sure we you know we talk about us. Uh, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet and when thou hast shut the door, Pray to the Father which is in secret and the Father which, is, which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And I want you to see that part when he says shut the door. <laughs> shut the door means cut off all the distractions. You ever tried to, you know, have a conversation with God but you got other things going on? Is that just me? I, I, I'll literally be, you know, I got my phone and then I got my Bible and then in between doing stuff, I'm kind of talking to him and listening to him. I hear him, but it's not the same. Yeah. He's saying to have this quality time with him, shut the door. Cut off the phone. Cut off the TV. Um, uh, what, should, what is it? Notifications. Turn off the notifications for a little bit. You might have to let the family know. I'm, I'm praying. I don't know, that's what my mom used to do. Now I understand it. Don't y'all bother me. 
I'm praying. Unless somebody believes me, do not knock on this door. <laughs> but I understand it now because what she was doing, she was setting the stage of her secret place. And it wasn't about her not caring about us or for us. It was about how much she cared and valued that time. We have to bring value back to spending time with God. We have to understand that a Facebook post and reading it and getting a quicken off of that is not going to get you where you need to be at for spending time with him. We have to understand that a three or four minute clip from somebody, while, while, while awesome, it is not designed to become your relational time with God. Amen. Amen. While powerful. Some of us are literally feeding off of those, those quick nugget minutes you know that are out there right now. And we're eating them up and they're so powerful, it, it's tricking you like a Snickers bar. It's making you think that you're full and you're whole, but you're not. Because you're eating this amazing sound bite all the time. And it's like, whoa, that's amazing what that pastor said. That's amazing what that preacher said. That's amazing what that minister said. And while you have these amazing moments, you have no depth of understanding. Because you haven't spent relational time with him, but you can quote a bunch of neat sayings based on the word. God never intended for those things to be your, your main source. Those things are supposed to be a blessing, and those things are supposed to draw people into the body of Christ. Those things are supposed to help people who need a quick answer in the time of need from God, but they are not supposed to be what fills us up. What's supposed to fill you up, number one, is time alone with the Father. Amen. Now see, many people thought I was about to say coming to church. That's number two. Yeah. I said that's number two. Yeah. It's absolutely important because this is where you're trained up. This is where you learn. This is where you, you connect in that sense. But this is not your number one source. It's not supposed to be at least your number one source. That's why we end up in church hurt because we make this God. It is your worship service, but it should be the second one that you've attended today. There should have been one that happened before you got here. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that out of condemnation. I just want you to understand this is, this, is, this is how you get the peace in your life. This is how you get the breakthrough in your life. This is how you get that anointing. This is how you get what it is you've been looking for because he has all things for you that pertaineth unto life and godliness. It didn't say Archie had it. I'm sharing what he has for you, but he has something even more special than what's dripping off of me at this moment. Amen. This is just the part. And I know, I know this, this goes against a lot of what a lot of people may say or have said in the past because sometimes as preachers, we, we thought it started and ended with us. But I've always, can I just be honest with y'all? I've always had a problem with that. Because it looked like, and no offense to the Catholic Church, I just want to preface that by saying this, but to me it looked like a new form of that, that you had to have this person who would read you the word, interpret it for you, and then absolve you of all of whatever your sins are. But I read about a Jesus who is the word, who's on the inside of you, who's already absolved you of all your sins, past, present, and future, and my goal is just to tell you about him so that you can get to know him not spoon feed you just enough to where you got to come back and get more and more and more from me. Amen. No, we secure around here at World Changers. Amen. 
If it's one of you or if it's 10,000 of you, we're just going to give you the word so that you can get to know your father. Because we understand that all that you need is in his presence. I said all that you need is in his presence. That's where it's at. And to be in his presence or to get into his presence is not difficult. Let me just, let me just, let's just talk about this really practical. This is, I guess, a very practical message. Let's talk about this. Where does God live? So where is his presence? So how do you get in his presence? There it is. You're there. The biggest trick is making you think you're out of the presence of God. The only thing that takes you out of the presence of God is believing you're not there. But I don't feel it. Well, thank God, it's not going by your, he, he don't go by your feelings. Because I could have sworn he said, I never leave you. If he said he never leave you, then where is he at? Wait a minute, but I was taught I had to do 17 things to get into his presence, and then I felt something, you know, my hair started raising up on my arms, and then I knew. No, what that is, <laughs> we got to be careful you're not conjuring stuff, because uh, I got to do these things. That, that, that sounds a little bit like witchcraft. I got to do this and do that, and say this and say that, and then the presence appears. <laughs> you might want to make sure that's God appearing, because <laughs> the last I checked, he's here. And so literally, I find myself at any point in time. I'm in his presence right now. Amen. I was hanging out with some of you guys in the lobby. I was in his presence then. His presence is always there. The question is, is are you aware of his presence? Because what we do sometimes, that don't, don't take this as condemnation, okay? There's no condemnation, Romans 8, 1, to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the spirit, but after the flesh. So hear what I'm saying through those lenses or through with, with those ears on. He's always there and we're always in his presence, but sometimes what we've done in our religious thinking is we will cut him off in our minds because I got something I want to say, something I want to do, something I want to see, something I want to hear, something even I want to taste, glory to God, that may not be what he wants me to have. Somebody say carnal going by my five senses. When I want to go by my five senses, I am cutting him off and about to turn me on. Right. Amen. Amen. Right. And so we think he left. No, 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 he's right there. Right. <laughs> he's right there. Now you've left him, but he sure ain't left you. Right. See, that's what happened to Adam and Eve when he said, where are you? He didn't leave. But when they got an unbelief and, and they got in their carnal senses, literally, they walked away from his presence. But what did he do? He came after them. You think you're going to get away from God, but he's coming looking for you. In your carnality, in your sin, in your disobedience, he's still showing up saying, where are you? You don't have to try to figure out some special way to enter in God's presence. He's actually looking for you. Show me where he literally 
walked away from Adam and Eve. He talked to them while they were in the garden. He talked to them on the way out the garden. And he talked to them on the outside of the garden. He talked to their children. It's all in the Word. Why? Because in his presence is all that you need. And for him to remove his presence would be to remove the source of prosperity and provision for your life. And for him to do that, he wouldn't be loved. God's presence is with you right now. Just take that moment. Just raise your hands up right now. And just thank him for his presence. Lord, you didn't have to be here, but you're here on the inside of us. We receive you. We acknowledge you, Holy Spirit. And we thank you for sharing with us all the secrets that we need for success in our life. We hear from you right now. We glorify you for it. Now, if you're ever wondering, what do, what do I do to, to do it? You just acknowledge them. And you can sense the anointing. But what, what, what did you do? All you did was you got your mind off of everything else and you fixated it on him. You just shut the door. And that's what that looks like. And then what you do is you then stay in that place. You hang out in the room with him now. And you just say, okay, now, Lord, what do you have for me today? And I promise you, he will start sharing and sharing. It'll be so much. You'll be there's the times I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, Lord, <laughs> wait a minute. I, I, I want to get all this. I want to catch all of this. And you'll leave out of that time with everything you need. And imagine if you do that daily. Imagine if, imagine if you do that throughout the day. That's, that's why he said pray without ceasing. He didn't say pray without ceasing just so you can just, you know, have, have all this time to ask for all the stuff you need. He was like, stay in my presence because I got everything you need. So don't ever leave my presence. How do I leave his presence? By not, no longer acknowledging him that he's there. By starting to believe in what's going on around you in your five senses more than what the Holy Spirit is saying. So where's God? And where are you? In him, in his presence. Amen? So as I'm in his presence and spending time with his pres in his presence, I get to know the person of God more. And as I get to know the person of God more, I'll begin to believe his promises. How many of you guys know that God is true? How many of you guys know that God doesn't lie? Now, how many of us have struggled, though, to believe his promise? You see what I'm saying? Now, think about that practically. I mean, it could be healing. It could be prosperity. It could be, uh, I don't know, believing God for a, for a mate or a spouse. I mean, in whatever way, we've all struggled at some point to remember and believe his promise. I found that the solution to that was getting to know him. As I started studying uh, 1 John 4 especially, uh, but 1 John in general, but 1 John 4 especially, and begin to read about God is love, and then I begin to meditate on what love meant and what love is, and I begin to see that he was absolutely in love with me, yeah. and that his love never failed, never. and that this was agape love, which meant it had no condition on it. Okay. 
And I began to study about what, 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 I, what meant by, was meant by condition and being married for 22, going on 23 years now, I got a good understanding of me being conditional sometimes with Melissa. Now, we don't want to admit this. That's why I'm using me. <laughs> but there were times earlier on in our marriage where it's, I'll talk to you right if you talk to me right. You see what I'm saying? Condition is an if-then statement. If you get me water over a period of time, then when you ask me for something, I'll do it for you. But if you don't do that, then you dare not come and ask me to do that because now that is a double standard. Well, that's not how God operates. He says, if you never do it perfect, I'm still going to love you. All you got to do is accept my love. Now, here's the good news. If you accept him, also known as salvation, if you believe him, he goes to work on the inside of you, starts changing your want-tos and your desires and, and all of that, and you find yourself doing exactly what he wanted in the first place. That's how you change. But his love is unconditional. And while you're still in the process, while you're still in progress, he is loving you unconditionally. And when I started meditating on that, I started understanding that, wait a minute, so if you're loving me unconditionally, if I'm under a new covenant, which is the covenant of grace that has taken me out of the conditional covenant of the law, then sickness has no reason to be in my life other than to try to get me to stop believing you. I started using this term that anything that's not of God is then in my life illegally. Because the new law that I live under, the new covenant of grace that I'm under says I'm free, I'm healed, I'm delivered, I'm, I'm, I'm whole, I have nothing missing, lacking, or broken. And I, that this, this, this gift came from God who is love, who has given this to me with no condition. My new contract is a contract that has no conditions. I just get paid because he loved me. I can't earn this check. It is a gift. No taxes coming out. It's just all mine. Somebody said amen. Don't know no man nothing off of this. It's 100% mine. And I'm going to partake of it. Why? Because I'm getting to know the person and I'm getting to know his promises. And the only thing that's stopping me from enjoying this is whether I believe it or not. Yeah. Somebody say, it's real. it's real. So the God of the universe does not lie and does not fail to keep his word. The level of value we place on a promise has everything to do with the person making it. And our confidence that it will be completed is based on how well we know that person. I'll say that again. The level of value we place on a promise has everything to do with the person making it. And our confidence that it will be completed is based on our, how much we know the person making it. So God is not a man that he should lie. A promise from God is a tangible gift. A promise from God is literally eternal currency. You know that it's going to pay. Amen? 
Here's a few of the promises of God. Number one, eternity in his family. Eternity in his family. God's not kicking you out. Oh, he know what you did. He was there. But he's not kicking you out. Can you think about that for a second? God was there when you did it, and he still loves you. God was there when you just did it. <laughs> and he said, I love them. They're forgiven. That messes with some people's religion. Because they, they, they say, but no, 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 there's a price to pay. You're absolutely right. There was a price to pay, but Jesus paid it all. Oh, that sin doesn't just go freely, but he is, his blood, that's what you just took. His blood paid the price. It cost him his life. And the more you start meditating on that and understanding that, the, the less you will sin, trust me, because you'll start saying, I do not want to make this sacrifice one that was made in vain. I could keep sinning, but I have a hard time seeing somebody who just keeps sinning thinking about the blood. It's like a kid that just tears up every car you give them and you just keep buying them a new one. There's something wrong with that kid. They don't value. Do you value the blood? Do you value the sacrifice? Well, then what will happen is, is you'll submit your will to the will of God and begin to allow him to change you on the inside because there is a price to pay for what you're doing. But here's the good news. You don't have to pay it. That's what grace is. See, we say unmerited, unearned favor, and we just kind of gloss over. But when you stop and really start thinking about it, it'll break you down. It'll make a thug cry. You'll be sitting there like, oh, my goodness. He is there when I do it. And Jesus has prepaid the price. Amen. I mean, because if he hadn't, that means he's going on the cross over and over and over again for every one of your sins. Please show me that scripture. Last I checked, it said once and for all. I'm forgiven. He loves me. And as you get to know that God, because that's the true God, then falling in love with him becomes very, very easy coming into his presence becomes very, very easy. I'm convinced most people don't want to go into the presence of God because they think they're going to be punished. They think they're going to get in trouble. They think they're not hearing from him because he's mad at them, and that is a lie straight from the pit of hell. God loves you, he has forgiven you, and he is literally looking for you. You have a lifelong appointment with your father, and he's just waiting on you to show up. I don't know about you, but I'm going to keep my appointment. Another promise, from, another promise from God is an end to our suffering. Jesus took on all suffering so that you and I never have to. Say, I am free from all suffering in Jesus' name. He also promises you transformation by the power of his Holy Spirit. You thought it was you that was going to have to do the changing. And, and we've learned, and we're going to look at some of it here in a minute, that it's God who's working on the inside of you yeah. to change you. 
Man, that set me so free when I read that. Because literally, I've been saved since I was, I think I told you I was three, so I'm, I'm about to be 43. So I've been saved almost 40 years. And it wasn't until about 10 years or so ago that I came across that scripture and realized, and it was like, wait a minute. I've been trying to change myself, but it took the ministry of the gospel of grace for me to understand how to see those scriptures correctly. And I'm like, why don't I just get to know him who has the power to change me and let him work on me from the inside out. And the more I get concerned about him and the less I get concerned about sin because sin is a non-issue for the Christian, the more I start seeing I was actually doing the sin less and less. And then it would stop. And I was like, oh my goodness. Change happens by me just submitting to the will of God. Amen? Uh, and last but not least, uh, purpose and meaning forever is another promise from God. Purpose and meaning forever. Go with me to Mark chapter 10, verse 27. Is it warm in here or is it just me? Okay, just me. Praise the Hallelujah. All right. Uh, no, no, it's gold. No, Jesus, no. Don't you touch that. Touch that thing. Yes, 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 sir. Yes, ma'am. Amen. <laughs> Mark 10, 27. Hey, woke up on that. Don't you freeze it up here. It's perfect. I'm having a great nap. No, I'm just playing. No. Uh, no. Mark 10, 27. And Jesus looking unto uh, them saying, with man it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Amen. Let's look at that and amplify it real quick. Jesus glanced around them and said, with men it is impossible, but with God, uh, but, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. What is the thing that you need to see change? It's possible. What is the thing that you need to see happen in your life? It's possible, but with God. It's possible, but with God. God is constantly at work for you. All things are possible for those who believe in God and for those who have a relationship with him. I have a relationship with God who makes all things possible, and there is no way I won't believe and trust in someone that I have a relationship with. It's all about, to see, the, to see the impossibilities made possible in your life, you're going to have to trust God. To see the impossibilities made possible in your life, you're going to have to have a relationship with God. We hear and believe God out of relationship, not out of just some general principle. Yeah, God can make all things possible, but now as you get in relationship with him, he'll show you how. I said he'll show you how. Go to Hebrews uh, 4.16. See, the question that I want you to answer by the time you leave out of here today is, do I trust God? And I want your answer to be yes. Yes, I know him, I know him and I know of him well enough that I believe him. And if I believe him, whatever he says, I accept as true in my life. Hebrews 4.16 uh, go back to the, uh, well, you can leave it here. Uh, let us then fearlessly, somebody say fearlessly. fearlessly. And confidently. And boldly. and boldly. Fearlessly, without doubt. 
confidently, not with being timid. What makes us, what makes us timid? Sometimes guilt and fear. Guilt and condemnation. What I did yesterday. He said, come fearlessly and confidently and boldly. Draw near to the throne of grace. The throne of God's unmerited favor to us who, who, who are sinners. Uh, that we may receive mercy for our failures. And find grace to help in good time for every need. Appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. I declare well-timed help over your life right now in Jesus' name. I declare it shows up at just the right time. I declare that you have access to all that you need and that you aren't waiting past the moment that God has for you. Now what I need you to do is believe that so that you will fearlessly and confidently and boldly get into his presence and say, I'll receive your help. Yes. Not worried about the problems of the past, not worried about what you sense and see and feel, just know him. Yeah. To, to, to show up with confidence, fearlessly and boldly, it requires relationship. Amen? Amen. My, my three children, they, they operate in our house with a boldness. Who ate my stuff? Oh, I did. Well, wait a minute. That was, that was nice. Amen. Now, how many of you guys, they, they got friends that come over? Some of, some of y'all been over and then some of the young adults and teens. We hang out. Now, you're not going to just walk in my fridge. Well, you shouldn't. Uh, just walk into my refrigerator and just pull out my peach collar and just eat it. Not if you know me. In the way you know me. But they know me differently than you know me. They're my children. I'm their father. And what that means to them is, is what's his is mine. So that's not his peach cobbler. That's our peach cobbler. Now, whether I feel differently about that or not, apparently it doesn't matter. <laughs> they walk with a certain boldness and a certain confidence, and they will enter into the throne of the refrigerator of grace and they will take their help in a time of hunger. Why? Because they know their dad. They know that no matter what they did yesterday, he'll never say, you can't have what I have. Because there's a track record there of me and them and them being able to trust me. And because they trust me, they have faith that if they do something, the outcome is going to be okay. And that's what God's looking for. He's saying, how well do you know me? If you know me, then come and get what you need. Because I have provided all that you need according to my riches in glory. Not your riches in glory, but my riches in glory. And come boldly when you come. Yeah. I'll never forget, I went to Dr. Dollar right before we started this church. And uh, 
Melissa and I had, you know, we had to move from Houston to here, and um, and it cost a certain amount of money to move, and uh, we had did all our calculations and everything, but then we found out the house we were going to stay at wasn't going to be available, so we were going to have to stay in a hotel um, for another, I think it was like three weeks or something like that. And between the hotel and then it was some other stuff we needed, it was like $5,000 more that we needed. Uh, to move here, and I had used my checks and all that, and uh, her checks and stuff, and, and we were that much short. And then also we needed uh, another computer because back then we used to watch the Dome Live, and I was going to have to use my work computer to stream the service. And then what I had wasn't quite working right. But Dr. Dollar had already signed off on the budget. And, yeah, some of y'all laugh because you already know. It's like you don't want to go back and then be like, hey, I need five Gs more and a computer. So I'll never forget, and I don't think they would buy me sharing this story. Now, I am a spiritual son of Dr. Dollar, but at that time, I had never needed to approach him for something like this. So I had, in my mind, set boundaries, saying, I can't go back and ask. We're just going to have to figure this out. Somebody say self-effort. But because I only knew him to a certain extent, my knowledge of what he was willing to do was limited. But I knew Jeremy Dollar, his son. And so I went to Jeremy and we were just talking because we hang out and we just talk like that sometimes. I was like, man, I got to figure this thing out because, you know, uh, me and Melissa, we got everything planned out. And I think we were leaving like two days in two days. So also to get a check cut that quick for that much amount of money was unheard of. And he said, man, let's just go ask my dad. I said, Jeremy, I am not going into your dad. First of all, I've never even been in your dad's office. And I am not about to go. I said, do you understand all the policies and procedures will break? I have leaders over me. I have people over me. There's policies and procedures in place to avoid this very thing you're saying we need to go do. But somebody say relationship. relationship. Somebody say sonship. sonship. See, a son can do what somebody else can't do. When there's an intimate relationship with the one who makes the policies, with the one who makes the laws, with the one who makes the rules, all of a sudden, they no longer apply to you. And in this moment, I came out of being just an employee to I'm riding with the sun now. And because I'm riding with the sun, what everybody else got to do don't apply to me no more. So I, I walked into the throne room of grace of Creflo Dollar's office so humbly, <laughs> I kid you, I was literally walking like this, and I walked in, and Dr. Donald being Dr. Donald, I knew he was messing with me. He's sitting, and he got a, you know, he got a glass like this, and he's sitting looking at some papers like this, and Jeremy comes in, and Jeremy's laughing the whole time, because it's hilarious to him, because he's used to being in the presence. He's used to the privilege. He's used to all that is rightfully his that I didn't realize was also mine. So to him, it is a joyous occasion because he's seeing a new son stepping into sonship. But because of my insecurity and my issues, I'm creeping <laughs> into the sonship that was rightfully mine. And I say, Dr. Dollar, sir, <laughs> you know, you know we're going to Houston, right? I mean, of course he knows. We're going to start his church. Uh, and 
you know, we're leaving like in a couple of days and, um, um, you know, I got a computer and you know, I got money, but I spent all the money on the stuff we needed to do to go and my computer's not quite adequate and, and Jeremy's just crying laughing by now. And I'm like, uh, and Pastor, I never, he said, Archie, I'm just the type of person that, you know, if you got something to say, just go on and get it out and say it. He literally said it, because what I just did, I did it for like three minutes straight. And just that 30 seconds is making you cringe. But I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know how to be in his presence. And then I'm watching the sun, and I'm like, man, I wish I could be that comfortable. And then I said, Dad, see, I changed my whole thinking. Because that's what I called him, he's my spiritual dad. I said, I said Dad, I said, we, we spent everything uh, that we needed to. I said, but here's what happened with the place. And I said, so we need another $5,000 to, uh, uh, you know, cover me and my kids' expenses and the place we're going to stay while we're there. He said, go on, go on. That's good. <laughs> I looked at Jeremy. Jeremy said, And I was like, that's it, I'm running, uh, that's it. And, 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 and I was like, I'm just gonna buy another computer somehow. And I was like, because I, I dare not ask him for everything I need. See, I still wasn't getting it. Jeremy said, he, he, had a, he grabbed a postal over his dad, dad, don't forget about the computer. I'm like, God dang it. I said, and dad, I said, we also need another computer. He said, get with everything you need. No, 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 now why was that so easy for him? because I'm going to do his will. See, when I'm doing the will of the Father, he provides everything I need. Doesn't matter how insecure I am about it, he's not insecure about it, because he's like, that's what I want done. I want a church in Houston sharing the gospel of grace, and whatever I got to do to provide to make that happen to a son who is being obedient to do it and a daughter who is being obedient to do it, they're doing my will. Of course I'm going to give you what you need. Doesn't matter how many times you got rolled up. Doesn't matter how many times you almost got fired. Doesn't matter what you may have said or done uh, back in the day. That doesn't matter. I'm looking at a son before me. And so I sat there and all of a sudden, I realized that I am now a joint heir <laughs> with the other son. And, and, and as I close with this, how many of you guys know the enemy wasn't happy about that? So directly from the father, this approval comes. The next, the next uh, morning, it was the next morning. <laughs> the next morning, we're loading up an ABF truck with a bunch of vision keepers that we knew who came and helped us uh, load up our house. And we had to put the cars on a little thing because we were getting on a plane. And here comes the enemy. I get a call. I'm just in my sweats and stuff like that. We're leaving that evening. I get a call. Many of the executives at that time got together and heard about what the father provided and said, you didn't go through the right processes. You should have asked us. And this is literally what they said. You don't have it in writing from him. So I try to keep my flesh under control. <laughs> and I'm sitting in this room and I think about five of them were around the table and Two or three of them, including Jeremy, were on the phone. And we're talking, and I'm sitting there, and I'm trying literally not to lift up and just flip this whole table over. Because at this time, you know, uh, this was, what, 10, 11 years ago? So at this time, I'm, I'm stressed. 
I'm thinking about all, can I be really real? All the crap <laughs> that I've gone through trying to serve people and being a nice guy and the youngest guy and trying to earn and prove and this, that, and the other. And then I'm, I'm, I'm going here for, for us. Not for us, but for us. I'm going here because the man on set it for two years, he wanted a church in Houston. Before we got here, he had been saying for two years, I want a church, and nobody would go. And then here we are being obedient. Now here I am getting caught up in a woe is me moment. And then, and then Holy Spirit grabbed me. He said, you, either you're a servant or not. He said, now fix your mind back on me. And so I, before I said anything, I got all in control. They said, we need you to go get every receipt for everything you've done uh, for this move. And we need to see every bit of paperwork. Now, mind you, I don't have, a, I don't have nothing on me because everything's packed up. But I called my ex-assistant. Uh, some of you guys know her from the women's ministry. Her name is Toya. And uh, I said, Toya, do you still have access to all that stuff in your emails for my move? She said, yeah. And then she just stopped and said, somebody tripping? I said, yep. Because uh, I was literally on the phone in front of everybody. I just said, yep. And she said, all right, I'm going to print it out. She printed everything out, ran it over to me real quick. I passed it around to everybody at the table. Um, and then uh, I'll never forget, Pastor Ken was sitting there. And he had this look on his face. Uh, and Pastor Ken, he, you know, Pastor Ken is ride or die. And he was like, he had this look of just like, just hold on. That's what I was hearing through it. He was willing it to me. Just don't say nothing and be quiet. Just hold on. So I was looking at him. He was just looking. I said, okay, I'm going to be quiet. So then they said, okay, well, go on and get up out the room. Uh, they didn't say it like that, but get up, step out there. And I went up and stepped outside. And then I heard somebody say, well, if that's what he said, then why are we even sitting here? And I was like, I wonder what that was about. And so Pastor Ken come back in the room. I come back in the room, sit down. He said, Archie, everything you need, we're going to give it to you. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm thinking, well, that's what the father had already said. But that don't mean the devil going to let it go easy. And so I get up, I go into my then office, and I begin to finish packing my things, but I'm really trying to calm down. <laughs> so Jeremy comes in, and he has some choice words. Uh, not for me, but for that whole situation, because he was on the phone muting himself so everybody couldn't hear what he was saying. <laughs> and then Pastor Ken comes in, and he apologizes. He said, Archie, I want you to know now, Bonnie and I have been working for the ministry for like 13 years or so. He said, I want you to know that that's not who we are. I said, sir, I, I know who we are. And then I found out that that very morning, they had a whole meeting about this situation. Dr. Dollar was in the meeting, and here's what the father said. He said, listen, either y'all give it to him or I'm going to give it to him out of my pocket, but he's going to get what he needs. And so that's why they were freaking out because they said, we just covered this this morning. So why are y'all going against what the Father has said? But had I gotten unbelief, had I flipped that table over, had I done what I wanted to do and said what I wanted to say instead of trusting in my relationship with the Father and the Father, I would have messed the thing up. Dr. Dollar was counting on my maturity. He was counting on my trust in him. The enemy was counting on immaturity. The enemy was counting on me losing my belief in God. I knew that a word from Dr. Dollar was something I could take to the bank. I knew that the word from the Lord saying to move here and that he was going to provide was a promise that I could take to the bank. And that's what I stood on in the midst of one of the worst, I'm giving you all the soft version, but one of the worst ministry moments in my life. And yet we stand here today because we trusted in God. Amen. We stand here today because of relationship. 
that we have with the Father. And I want to tell you today that no man and no demon in heaven or, I mean, not heaven, on earth or in hell can stop God's plan and promises for your life. All you got to do is stand firm. Like the scripture says, after you've done all you can to stand, stand your butt still and trust God. He says you're healed. He says you're whole. He says you're provided for. He will change rules, laws, regulations. He will have you supersede and jump over policies and procedures so that his will will be done. And even when the lawmakers and the policies and procedure makers try to come up to you and say, you don't qualify for what he said because you didn't come through us, they will be reminded of who God really is. They will be reminded of who you really are. And they will be reminded of your sonship and you won't have to say a word. I didn't have to say a word to those folks. All I had to do was trust. And, 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 and they got their reward in the sense of having to watch this ministry grow, having to watch this ministry get on his feet, because that's what the enemy was after. He was after you. He was after you hearing a word like you're hearing today that you are empowered because of your relationship with God. He was after you receiving word from people that would say, don't, don't fall in love with us, fall in love with Jesus. He wanted you stuck in whatever you would have been stuck in, but God had greater plans for your life. And you're a part of a ministry that loves you and that cares for you and that will go to bat for you and that will literally die for you. And we don't take that lightly. God has entrusted you to us and we want you to know that we're trusting the Father with everything that concerns you. So I declare, for whomever needs this, rules, laws, policies, regulations, what the doctors say, what the, what the counselors say, what the bank says, none of that will stop God's will and his promises for your life. I declare supernatural increase, change of status, promotion, restoration, in every area of your life. I declare that as you get to know the Father more and more and more, your trust in his ability in your life will not be shaken. I, de I declare that you are fixed right now by the source, your river, who is Jesus. And I thank and praise God right now for the victory that you will continue to experience every day of your life. All is well with you. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise for that. You're with the Father. And he's with you. So all this week, I want you just to enjoy his presence. All this week, I want you to stand firmly in your sonship. I want you to be like Jeremy was on my side. <laughs> a fixed, joyful reminder that there's nothing to be afraid of. That what you're going to God for has already been provided. You showing up and asking for it is just an act of faith to let God know, I've shown up to get what you've provided. You showing up and asking for it is not 
you literally trying to get it from him and for him to manufacture it. You're just saying, hey, I heard you had healing for me. I'm showing up for it. I believe you. I heard you had prosperity for me. I'm showing up to receive it. I heard you had peace from my mind. I'm showing up today to receive it. And you take it and you enjoy it. Everything you need for success in his life has been provided. Now get to know the provider. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we receive your word on today and we just count it all joy for the things that we may be going through and we're joyful because of who we know. We know you and we declare that all is well. Lord, we thank you for this ministry, Father, a place where we can come and hear the word of God with simplicity and understanding and apply it to our everyday lives. We thank you for Dr. Dollar and Pastor Taffy for the examples that they are, Father God. We thank you for Jeremy and, and the entire family, Lord. And we just pray over them right now, even as they travel, Lord, your hand is upon the Dollar family. And Lord, we thank you for counting us as sons and daughters. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory and praise for the victory that we see throughout this week as we trust you and lean and rest on your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, come on, guys. Let's go ahead and praise God. Let's, let's also take this moment to worship God with our giving. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. God loves a cheerful giver. And, and this is now you're understanding why you can be a cheerful giver as well. Lord, I'm happy to give to you. Look at what you gave to me. I'm not giving this so I can be blessed. I'm blessed already. And so because I'm blessed, I'm going to sow into your kingdom so that others can be blessed. Thank God I don't have to live under a law anymore that says if I don't give, I ain't going to get nothing. But I can live under grace that says I already have everything I need if I didn't drop a dime in the bucket. But I'm going to put the dime in the bucket because I trust you. That's why Abraham tied. Before, he tied before it was a law. Before it was a rule. He did it just because he was spiritually mature and he trusted God. You sow today because you trust God, because you love him. You sow today remembering the widow who put the mites in. She did that because she believed in God more than she did that money. Because somebody, sometimes people get stuck on, you know, well, if it ain't a tithe, it ain't going to be blessed. That was not a tithe. Those two copper coins were not a tithe. Never said that was a tithe, yet Jesus acknowledged it. Because the devil would like to lie to some of you guys and say, well, you know you spent your time money because you had to pay your rent. God still loves you. You can still trust God with what you got. God's not mad at you because you, you had to pay your rent. Like, that doesn't even make sense. I mean, sorry, God, I'm, I'm getting all out of the flow of the thing, but that don't even make sense. Why is God going to be mad at you because you had to pay your light bill? You know, I got to trust him more than the light bill. You better trust the Holy Spirit. If he tell you to pay your light bill, pay your light bill. We got to stop lying to folks and making people try to do something they're not ready to do. You got to trust God. I'm just being honest with you. you. You better trust God right where you're at and let him continue to work with you to get to where you need to be. Amen.
we got to stop this thing of what Pastor Archie gives 10% plus this plus that, so I better do the same. If you don't believe like I'm believing, honey, it's not going to work for you. You got to have faith in what you're doing. And if you take all that money and put it in a bucket and you're scared, you are canceling out that fear cancels out your faith. And I'm tired of seeing people put all this money in and all this money in and they're not seeing a return. I'd rather you just put the $20 in because that's what you can believe God for. Lord, I trust you with this 20. Because that's what I can trust you with because I got to pay my lights. I got to pay my rent, Lord. And the last time I put my rent money in there, things didn't turn out too good. Is he saying that? Yeah, I'm saying don't do nothing that you ain't trusting God with first. It has to start with relationship with him, not by the rules that you feel the church or somebody puts on you. Our rules, or, or not our rules because we don't go by that stuff, but rules and, or religion will never save you. They will never provide for you. That was the law. It's off a relationship. And more and more people need to hear this. Now, now, what you want to do is as you're growing in him, the Holy Spirit will begin to challenge you more and more now as you mature and grow up and say, all right, let's do the tithe now. Let's do the 10%. Let's do, let's do the 10%. And it'll be, it'll be, a, it'll be, whoo, okay, I'm going I'm to do it. <laughs> it might feel that way, but you, you'll trust him and there'll be a peace on the inside of you. There'll be a peace on the inside of you. And then you'll say, I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready. But if you're not ready today to do this, I trust God more than your money. This mortgage is going to get paid in Jesus' name. It's $11,000 a month for this mortgage. $11,000 a month. Light bill is like almost $3,000. That's why we keep them dim. Uh, <laughs> ain't nobody in that building turn them lights off. But yeah, that's just fourteen, dollars almost $15,000 to do that. But you know what? We've been here six years and we hadn't missed a payment. We'd be doubling up on payments. When have you ever shown up and the light's been out? Never, never, ever, never will you see that. Why? Because God never fails. And we've had months that in the natural, all the money didn't come in. But guess what? The provision was still there. And so I don't want you to worry that you're letting God down. It's for somebody. But I trust that if you put in what he has entrusted to you and what you can trust him with, he will multiply that. He will. He will. But the, it's the devil trying to get you to feel guilty. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's the devil trying to get you to feel guilty because you had to do something you had to do. Stop that. Don't do that to yourself. Not another day. I'm saying this to you because I love you. Don't do that to yourself. Not another day. That is not God. The enemy is trying to make you afraid to give and he's trying to make you feel condemned. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So when we sow today, we're going to sow trusting God with whatever it is that we have. Somebody says, well, I don't, I don't know if I, if I ever heard. Listen to Dr. Dollar right now. His teaching is adjusted on this very same thing. At the end, we're not, none of our churches are just coming hard with this, you know, if you don't this, you then that. Anytime there's an if then, that's a condition. Oh, that's why I had to go longer. He's trying to save some of y'all from that rain. Uh, <laughs> but I want you to trust him. Amen. Can you do that with me? Can you trust him? And then after this offering, can you then continue to trust and spend time with the Holy Spirit and let him mature you? 
to give to the point now, my, my heart is that we all become tithers. But I'm going to pray for you. Because some of this becoming a tither is going to have to do with your money management. I'm going to be honest, I, I can't tithe if, I'm not, if I don't have a budget. I got to make sure that I know what, because that's what happened to us. Tithing every now and then, most of the time, da da da, da. And I, I fooled around and made a budget and found out we had more than enough to tithe, as most of us do. But sometimes we just got to slow down and say, Lord, let me just get two months ahead of myself. Let me make a budget so I can prepare myself for this. All my financial people said, Amen. Yeah. So, so, so some of you might have to do that practically. And by the way, if you need help with that, come and talk to us. We got classes just for that. We got, a, we got accountants and, uh, and, and folks that know money, Craig and Tangela and Cheryl. All these guys, they, they, they do this stuff for a living. And they can help you. And that's what the church is supposed to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, let me get off of that. Father, thank you right now for the seed that we're sowing. We thank you, Father God, be it if it by text or in an envelope, it's blessed. And so we declare and decree and we put the seed into the ground and we thank you that all is well in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ushers, you may serve the people, and as they're doing that, if you would like prayer for salvation, uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, or if you would like to join the church, uh, then come on down here to the front. We want to pray with and for you. But also, if this message has pricked something in your heart and you just need prayer for something else, uh, I'm going to ask everybody to stand to your feet right now. And if that's you, salvation baptism of the Holy Spirit to join the church or there's something else on your heart that this message has spoke to in you and you want prayer for something, then I want you to come down here to the front. I want to make sure you get everything that you need before you leave this place. So here's what I want everybody to do. I want you to turn to your left, right, front, and behind. Ask those individuals if they need prayer for any of that stuff. If they would say yes, then help them come down to the front. Let's turn around and minister to each other right now. Amen.
so glad that all is well in the house. Amen. Well, did you get anything out of all of that today? Man, I'm so excited. We're going to uh, come back um, next week and, uh, and the week after that and then finish, finish this part of the series up. And then next we'll start talking about the benefits also, getting deeper into those of being alone with God. Uh, don't forget about uh, midweek, man. We're having a good time on Wednesdays and Thursdays uh, talking about uh, marriage made by one and being one with God. Uh, so as you go this week, just know, know you're blessed. Amen. Know you're blessed. Uh, and, and do me a favor this week, guys, and especially as you go out here, y'all hug one another, love on one another. Amen. I'm serious. Amen. Uh, because there's just so much happening right now with mental health and people feeling alone and down and out. And, and I think we're all starting to become a little bit more sensitive to the things people go through that it, they shouldn't have to go through it alone. And, uh, and I want this to be a safe space and place for people to, to know that you love me beyond the, the holy hood. You know what I mean? But that if you need to talk, I'm, I, I'm right here. And, 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 and that, that uh, sister or brother, I'm never too busy. Uh, to, to join with you in prayer and to bear that thing with you. Amen? Amen. So uh, let's raise our hands as we prepare to be dismissed. Father, we thank you again for this word. As we leave this place, we go in your grace, full of your love. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before the almighty God. To him be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. We thank you for your presence. And we look forward to sticking in it and staying in it. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys so much. You are dismissed. God bless you. Amen. God bless you.